0: Welcome to Penalty Box Radio and ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford along with Glenn Blackwell, Danielle Danana, Peyton Turnage in studio, and producer Calvin back with us behind the glass. And yeah. we have a few things <laughs> to discuss here. Just a few things. It's been a very, very busy few days for sports fans in Nashville. I mean... All this, when you think of the sports world in general, Nashville's been kind of a centerpiece for a lot of things, and not just because of the Predators, but, I mean, the big with the Titans beating the Patriots, that's a huge focus right huge, there. Yeah. huge, and then, boom, right after that happens, Predators fire Peter LaViolette, and then we don't know who's going to be the replacement at, as of that time when it happened, and then, boom, John Hines is announced, and then boom went the dynamite from boston against the predators
1: (laughs) and not only was john hines announced i mean it was announced that this is an official head coach a lot of people were thinking myself included that maybe this would be an interim situation where you play out the rest of the season see how it goes and give yourself enough time to make a decision on you know maybe seeing what other coaches might be available or just giving yourself the time to figure out what's going to be the best fit for your organization so it's very interesting that it all happened so fast and so fast. weren't really expecting that. I have to say, I wasn't. No. At least not right now. And
0: hey, last night, at least the Predators weren't the Canucks. And that 9-2 oh, loss to Tampa. Oh, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it
1: was bad, but not that bad. <laughs> not, not that bad.
0: And discombobulated. It, here, here's the joke I was making. And I think, hopefully, folks can laugh a little bit at this. Because everyone knows that the Predators have faced some problems this year with inconsistencies, things like that. So last night, basically showed John Hines Every problem this team has had all season in one game. So instead of having to wait yep. for multiple games to see the different problems arise, all of them appear at once so you can just get to work.
1: <laughs> I feel like that was actually fantastic for him. It was right. a terrible game. That was a game they should they needed to have won Lots to show that momentum. Taken. But man, I mean, there was no having to sit down today. And try to figure out what this team needs to work on. I mean, they gave it all to him on a platter last night.
0: On a platter, mm-hmm. and then and then and we'll we'll hear some audio later in the show. And then to add to that, it was the Boston moms trip.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: and then in the post game, <laughs> waiting for John Heisman to show up, you hear hooting and hollering from the hallway and wooing. Lots of <laughs> it sounded like a pedal tavern was in the hallway outside the boss locker room because it's right next to the press conference area for the coach's press conference, the work one of the work rooms. And so we kept hearing Woo Yeah and I started thinking like, what why is it so sporadic? Are they cheering every time some guy exits the locker room to go towards the bus? Are they having to go through a gauntlet of moms? Because during John Hines' That's press conference. That's half con- the fun of yeah. Mom's Trip. Go to John Hines' his press conference, and we'll hear it in the audio. All you hear is randomly, woo! <laughs> applause, applause, <laughs> applause. Yeah! It seriously- I mean, that
1: sums up the last few days. You know, it's just like, why don't you just bring a whole bunch of Boston right. moms in here and just, you know, well, cheering
0: against the and Well, it's one of those things, too. It's a Mom's Trip, so of, of course they're going to win. Of, yeah. I mean, it's a, you're going to win for your moms. Yeah. You do everything you can You don't can ever for your mom.
1: want to take your moms on a trip no. and disappoint in front of your mother.
0: No, I just. Because you're, n-
1: you're going to hear it from coach and then you're going to hear it from your mom after. I
0: just, I need Zidane Chara <laughs> and Yaakov Trennan to get oh together. Oh my gosh. Uh, like I said last bit.
1: night on Twitter, I'm going to go into 2020 with the confidence that he had last night. Because <laughs> how many people in the league do you see go up to him? in the way that he did. I mean he he's did responding. not back down.
0: That's why there was an instigator because he was responding to Trenton laid a clean, solid hit. And, and if, if, you like, Charles, <clears throat> if you looked at
1: Charles you looked at knees and they buckled for a oh, second yeah. and I was just thinking, oh my gosh, is this actually happening? That was that was a lot of fun to watch. And it was a nice momentum shift too, I think that even if, you know, we didn't really see that much change in the game, I think that we got to see maybe a little bit of jolt that we've been looking to see in the Predators. You saw that. I oh, mean yeah. You don't so, just have anybody in the league run up to, to Chara and think, "Oh yeah, I got this.
0: So in the press box we're watching this, but in the stands, Danielle, I know you're in the stands. And obviously the game's not going the way the Predators fans want it to go. And everything's just so, everybody's nervous at that time. But what was the fan reaction around you and when, when they, especially when they showed the replay of Trenton landing that hit on Chara?
2: I don't think anybody realized that that was turning at first because it was dead silent. <laughs> and then he spun around where 32 was facing cell block, and everyone was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then I remember everybody just got up and was like, whoa, whoa, freaking out. And then they realized it got silent. Everyone was like, oh my God, he just won a mm-hmm. fight he against owns that. Ch- I mean, he, like, he got that right up. It was crazy. I was,
0: I was, I think some people got my joke, but I called it an Eastern block battle. I was like, the history nerds would get that joke. Thank you, Calvin. No, no, no. Baby, like, I never left. It wasn't me this time. It wasn't me this time. No, (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one. (laughs) No, that is a good one. (laughs) Peyton, you stop it. (laughs) Nobody's safe, Justin. Hey, 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 I don't want to be safe. I don't want people to appreciate a history joke. (laughs) I love the pause. He had to find the button on the screen. There are like helmet. 30 buttons on the screen. I have many drops. <laughs> oh, I know you do. If there's anybody that I know is going to have a sound effect, it's you. And then Peyton can make it with his mouth, I'm sure. But <laughs> but what a battle there between Russia and Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> between those two guys. Hey, I'm watching you. But what, what an interesting battle right there, too. And then, you, you know, it's 4-2. The Predators made it look a little respectable. And then, of course, there's an empty net. And then a garbage goal. And you're like, okay, come on. <laughs> really?
1: Because it couldn't end halfway couldn't, well. Yeah. It couldn't so, be halfway decent.
0: But but let's go ahead and take a look back at, at the, the history here with Peter Laviolette, Because the important factor here is to, is to look at this, that this is a unique change for Nashville. It was a big deal when Barry Trotz was not renewed at the end of of his tenure mm-hmm. with Natural Predators and a big deal to bring Peter Laviolette, a cup winner. He had just recently taken the Flyers to the cup final, and then he was let go early in the season his next year. And so what he was able to do here as well, and this isn't praising a decision or you know, attacking a decision. It is just thankfulness for what happened under his tenure in this city as well. And so you look at it and that what he's shown that he can do is he can take a team that has talent, already and motivate them enough to have that huge push to reach a next level the only issue was maintaining that level mm-hmm. and that's where the, some of the issues came in but you know what when the team has made that big push to get that level you think with carolina boom huge push win a cup philly boom huge push made to the cup final you just you wonder what factor is going to play in in that final series if they're going to pull it out or not i had ryan johansson been healthy i still say the predators would have won the cup because yep. it changed everything and how the matchups are being placed. Yeah. I still say that there's always the what ifs and all that kind of stuff. But I seriously do think that as well that it just didn't shake out in that way. But we've seen that, and so it took him to new heights. And yes, make fun of banners all you want, but this team didn't have anything but a seventh man banner exactly. hanging in its building yeah. until Laviolette came here and was the coach. Was it time? Yes, yes. We can all tell that it was time to make a change, and maybe it should have been made sooner maybe it should have been made after this season you you, you you know we can discuss as much as possible but was it time for something different it was
1: yeah and that it being time for something different is not a poor reflection on peter laviolette as a coach right because like you said i mean history does show that he has he has something he's got that knack for bringing out the best in a team getting that jump but then it falls stagnant and that's fine because it's shown that it works, and then he'll move on likely somewhere else and do the, f- do the same thing, and he's improving franchises as he goes. I mean, he literally took Nashville to places that it had never been before, and it gave them that, that springboard to get to that next step once he's gone. So I think that it's important. I mean, I know it's so easy when people's emotions get caught up to start just grilling him as a coach, but just remember what he brought to the city. And right. don't forget that. And, you know, yes, you can say it was time for him to go, wish him well, but don't don't grill him as a coach because he did fantastic things and he brought this he brought this city to its feet.
0: Right. And you look at how players responded as well. It was a little bit of a you know shock because of course they're, they're not gonna be told first all the time because you have to make the decision, you want things to leak out and everything too. But you think of the players that developed under him as well, I think Philip Forsberg came into his being under Peter Laviolette and now let's see what can happen now under a new coach to see if players change because I'm sure some players will want a little bit of change as well so I'm going to go to Peyton Turnage here who is the voice of Alabama Huntsville Hockey and he's been doing this a long time being a play-by-play voice so he's dealt with multiple coaches and everything as well and you dealt with junior teams and now college teams as well in terms of coaching ability and everything too especially with young people Young people. Sorry. Young please, young people. <laughs> young people, especially with like the National Junior Predators when you're part of that organization as well. Coaches are pretty darn influential in terms of how a teams coming out and playing as well. What have you seen in terms of your different levels, how much of an impact a coach can have on a team? Yes, they may be professionals, but a coach has a tremendous impact on how a team performs, right?
3: Well, I mean, especially since I've covered Groups with young players, you know the coach is the voice, and it's funny that you mention my time with the junior predators because it seemed like the style that Coach Carlos Ziernis had, you know the Latvian coach, also with the junior preds, had that very North style, uh North South style, just like Peter Laviolette. So uh yeah, the coach is the voice, and we're going to see what John Hines, you know, has within them to help improve this team,
0: and especially too John Hines, and we're going to focus more on him in the next segments. Being a former coach in juniors with the national team development program, obviously developing players, and we'll, we'll look more just at his record as well. But back to Peter Laviolette and what he's done. Now you start thinking what's going to happen with him. He's going to get back in it. I mean, the article that Pierre LeBrun had out on the Athletic. Yeah, he's he's going to be a coach again. He's still he's too young to retire. And, you know, he's not going to get into broadcasting. I don't think he's a man of many words when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I'm sure Adam Vingen <laughs> can fully attest to that. Uh, but but looking at what he'll be able to do next, there's going to be plenty of openings. We've seen how many coaching changes already that after the end of this season is probably going to be more. And then the question is going to come into place with Peter Laviolette is, does he want a rebuilding project? Which he hasn't been one for. Mm-hmm. Or do you want a team with some talent that has an opportunity to actually make a playoff run?
1: Yeah. And, I mean, I can see him walking into a role like we just said with when you've got a good roster that is in a rut and struggling, he is (laughs) – I mean, he's gold. You could not want anything more out of a coach than what he can walk in and do. So I can see him walking into that. But then again, it's like in a rebuild, I think that he could provide that same jump start for a team. So it's kind of – I mean – I. It's open for him, you Seattle know? Seattle There's I know, <laughs> I know. It's, well, and,
0: and I'll make the joke about... It's something about, to think about, I'll though. I'll make the joke about expansion because expansion now is, in a, is in a rebuild type of team. You're not getting a bunch of, you know, schmucks. I mm-hmm. mean, look at Vegas. They ended up being a very competitive team. They had talent. Did everybody think they were going to make the playoffs make a Stanley Cup run like that? No. No, no absolutely not. But we knew they were going to be competitive, at least, because it wasn't like the expansion era teams with the Predators mm-hmm. and everything. We really were getting all fourth liners, and you had to deal with that, or maybe a few thirds, and there, what you trade for. You no, know, they had some true middle six guys that were able to step up into bigger roles. So maybe with Seattle, who knows? I mean, because you want to develop teams now to where they do have talent. And you have coaching staff as well because you're going to probably want to sign some guys before end because we still have to get through this off season and the next season, but then it's going to be time. So it would depend on does he want to take a year off, basically, to yeah. develop into a coaching program. And now
1: that we're talking about this, this reminds me that I'm pretty sure a couple of weeks ago, Greg Washinsky on Puck Soup <laughs> of ESPN actually predicted that this was going to happen. He said that Ooh, Peter Laviolette oh, oh. will be out of Nashville before the end of the season – and then his bold claim of 2020 was that he
2: was going oh to coach Seattle. Oh, boy. And Peter Laviolette, like you said earlier, is good at motivating players with talent. And looking at his coaching history with the Predators, he was most successful in his early years. So going to Seattle in an in expansion team and having talented players and motivating them and motivating the organization and the fan base, he's great at uniting cities. Look at what he did to the Nashville fan base in 2016-17 when he motivated the team. So... Him going to Seattle would not only be a boost for the city, it would be a boost for the players who just got cut from their teams. I think he would be good at uniting a bunch of talent that's lost.
0: Alright, so before we go to break, want to throw out there, there's some Nash games going on, and Peyton's been broadcasting some of those as well. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, but we do have one coming up on Friday at Bellevue. It's Pope John Paul II, CPA and GCA, taking on Brentwood Academy, Frank Road Academy, and Lipscomb. That's at 745 at the Bellevue Rink on Friday. That's the only other game. There's plenty of games going on tonight, but well, you're listening to us, or maybe at the rink, or big shout out to the Muddy Drunks that are getting ready to play, and I can't be there for the playoff game, so apologies have to work and everything. But... You know, it's been a little chilly here and there, and mm. always kind of wondering good. what's going to go on for vacation. When you get to the off season, you get through you know the draft, you get through free agency, and then all of a sudden becomes July, middle of July, and you're going, what are you going to do?
1: What are you going to do, Justin? Yeah, I think you're going to. What take, are you going to do, Justin? I'm going to take
0: a hockey fan <laughs> cruise. <laughs> Bye-bye. That is amazing. <laughs> yes. Yes. You can join us. Penalty Box Radio, Ships and Trips Travel, and Royal Caribbean, July 12th to 19th, taking a cruise on the Liberty of the Seas from Galveston, Texas, going to Cozumel, Costa Maya, and Roatan, Honduras. Three relaxing days at sea, and three private rentals of the ice rink that is on the ship. So yeah, you can't get away from the cold all the time if you don't want to, but you can skate on a cruise ship in you the middle of the ocean. You
1: can skate in the middle of the ocean.
0: In the middle of the ocean. The of the ocean. You can do that. That's when I was sold. Hockeyfancruise.com to find out more information. We're going to have some private cocktail parties, some trivia nights, Q&As. So we're working on all these things to make it a fun time for hockey fans to just go. People that are like-minded individuals that want to travel together and have some fun out in the middle of the ocean and then also, you know, get a little bit of tan. Get your tan on. Mm -hmm. So Hockeyfancruise.com, Ships and Trips Travel, Royal Caribbean with Penalty Box Radio. Find out more information and join us this July. Hockeyfancruise.com. Okay, up next we're going to talk more about Last night's game, John Hines, some reaction from Matt Duchesne and what he saw. Up next, Penalty Box Radio, ESPN, 1025 The Game. back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, Daniel Danana, Peyton Turnage, and producer Calvin behind the glass there. Always with them beats. Mm-hmm. And uh, shout out to uh, Chris Revis, who uh, missed his exit on his way to the Muddy Drunks game because he's listening to our show. I'm so I'm so sorry. glad we can distract you enough that you missed your exit, buddy. Drive safe. <laughs> Drive safe Grace. up there. Okay. Let's talk more about last night's game and what we saw and what was learned, and we'll hear some reaction from New head coach John Hines and forward Matt Duchesne here in a in a little bit. But last night's game, coming into it, I expected more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll just go right out and say that I expected more from this team that they were going to be playing for their position. Because yeah. there are some guys on this team that obviously do not have their position solidified, that they're playing for their spot on the roster, they're playing for their spot in the line for minutes and everything else, and it was a discombo- discombobulated mess. Yeah. and <laughs> if Trying to get that word out.
1: Yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> Every one of us that listened to David Poyle's press conference cool. got to hear what David Poyle said about the players on this team and the responsibility that these players are supposed to take for the firing that just happened. He big mad. and Yeah. And it's – I mean, if you follow this team long enough, it's rare to see David Poyle in the way that we saw him at that press conference. So if the players picked up on the message that he put out the same way that we picked up on that message – I would have played a different game if I were them.
0: you picking up what I'm putting down. Are you picking up what I'm putting
1: down? <laughs> because what I saw, they're still not mentally there. You're They're still putting themselves in the position. I mean, when you constantly find yourself leaving one defender to cover multiple players alone in the slot when you're on the penalty kill, like you're not going to be successful. You're going to get scored on. And if you continue to put your goaltender, I know that, you say Saros and Pecorine both still have room to improve. We're not seeing the best games out of either one of them. We're not seeing their best. But by preventing more high-danger chances, you're giving your team the opportunity to win, and you're also giving your goaltender a better chance at winning. They're not doing that. And it's it's so frustrating because at at its core, they should know how to play their best game. So I know that we're not going to see any new systems we're not going to see any new tactic any new tactics last night because coach just walked in the door and had his first game right but that is on these players that's their responsibility to go into the locker room and say you know what guys two guys just got fired because we weren't doing our job let's go out there and do our job and i'm i mean i saw little glimpses of things maybe but when you when you pull the full 60 minute thing no no because, right. I mean, and and still, a careless, too many men on the ice penalty in that game? No.
0: No, you don't do it. So you had a great evaluation of the game there, too. So new head coach, John Hines, let's see what he had to say immediately about the game because we saw him taking lots of notes and just basically soaking everything in. So here's a John Hines.
4: Uh, you know, I, I would say that uh, in tonight's game, we, there, there, there was a lot of ups and downs. There were some moments where we played really well and we had, you know, uh, some strong identity things that we want to be able to do and then there was there was some times that we you know We didn't uh, we weren't consistent enough in those areas and I think that that's a big learning lesson coming out of this game and uh, but I think There are a lot of positive now having been on the bench with the players and, and gone through a game and seen the ups and downs and, and, and What it goes through uh, I really feel I have a strong grasp of, of some areas that we uh, I think we can improve some of our attention to detail, some of the consistency uh, in how we need to play, and really excited to get back at the ring tomorrow and and, uh, and get better and get better. The morning of the Chicago game, we'll be about a better team then.
0: And so, as you can hear in the background, the Boston mom celebrating. Well,
4: that's what you were talking <laughs> so, you about. That's <laughs> some of the
0: whoos. Uh, but that was just his brief overview of that as well. And you could tell that he was really trying to take it in. And they even shifted practice that he shifted it from Centeno Sportsplex, where it's public, to Bridgestone Arena, where it's private. And the pictures that came out today from the team, even showing. All the boards that he's Mm -hmm. drawing on to draw different things or how they want to implement. And I'll I'll go ahead and address this as well, too, because some folks are worried that he's going to ruin players. Like, Roman Yost is going to be just fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're not going to change a a player that is having a Norris-caliber season and do something that is not going to be a Norris-caliber season for him. Especially in the middle of the season when it's hard to implement full new things, you're not going to change it immensely to where all of a sudden they're just going to drop off the face of the planet. You're going to see some players probably step up and have better time under this, and some players maybe struggle to adjust. It's all about adjustments, especially in the middle of the season. So there's going to be little things. We're going to in the next segment talk about the little things that John Hines saw, but. Uh, looking at the player perspective of it, too, there's going to be need to be buy-in. And so we Matt Duchesne mentioned this because Matt Duchesne, you can tell that he likes to answer questions and try to make it towards the one question he's going to answer because he does the full evaluation of it, tries to give you everything possible, and there's still going to be another question after it. But Matt Duchesne had a good breakdown of the game as well and the disappointment there, but then offered the whole buy-in that they have to buy-in if they want to be successful here. So here's Matt Duchesne
5: kind of the same story as the season though the wrong mistakes at the wrong times Thought our second period we had a chance you know to maybe get the lead there obviously doesn't happen but you know we get scored on pretty quick and, you know fluky kind of fluky one um uh, but you know we got to be we got to uh, regroup here uh, obviously today was a tough day for for everybody um i'm proud of the way the guys competed but compete isn't enough in this league especially against a team like that so we're uh lots of games left but we got to start right away and you know we'll we'll obviously make some changes to you know what we're doing out there um you know from from Heinze and we'll push forward we have a heck of a hockey team in here we know that and uh you know hopefully this is just one of those things that makes us stronger and we end up where we want to be at the end of the day and um, we look back at this and we're grateful for it, but you know we got some work to do in the meantime. Um, I, I know that you know everyone's going to buy in. We have heck of a group in here, and I know we believe in ourselves. We believe in each other, and um, at the end of the day, um, we're going to buy into what he's putting on the table, and um, we're going to get better. I mean, tonight was tonight was tough. I mean, like I said, I admire the, the compete all night. We competed, we skated, but um, you know, too too many of the same mistakes. So. Um, we'll uh we'll push forward so here's the thing we
0: heard after so at practice or the sorry morning skate mm-hmm. that the wake-up call phrase was said a lot
1: mm-hmm.
0: that is that is a frustrating one to hear because we've heard that a lot this season mm-hmm. and so now is this the true wake-up call they, they they are fully aware that they need to be better so here's the thing that we can say that they're addressing, saying the right things. They really, this team, if anything, they say a lot of the right things, but then they have to live through what they're saying yep. as well. So Duchesne right there is saying that they have the talent. They know they do. Everyone knows they have the talent. It's about playing together as a team. So the huge responsibility for John Hines now is to get this team to be a cohesive unit, to be consistent enough to win some hockey games. We all know, the whole league knows how much talent is on this roster. Even without Ryan Ellis out there all the time, there's enough talent on this roster to win
4: mm-hmm.
0: you don't have to you're not winning the stanley cup final right now you just have to win some hockey games yep. and they're on pace for what 90 points that's not going to be enough to make it to the playoffs 96 97 was what it's looking like it's going to take so you have to win a couple yeah. that based on what you've been playing like you're expected to lose exactly but that's all you have to do in the national hockey league 16 out of 31 teams make the playoffs okay yep. You don't have to be the best. You just have to make it in.
1: And we all know you just have to get there.
0: <laughs> just get there. because That's all you have to do. Until until the 32nd team with Seattle comes in, more than half of the teams make the playoffs. There's no excuse. There's no excuse for a roster with this much talent to not at least make the playoffs. Do they need to win the playoffs? That is the question right there if they're going to be able to win in the playoffs. But they need to make the playoffs. That That is one thing that is absolutely absurd. If this team does not make the playoffs, then yes, personnel changes should mm-hmm. be coming along. Because there's so much talent on this roster, and they know it. Everyone they, knows it.
1: Yeah, they do. And, I mean, when David Poyle says, he literally called out <laughs> everyone except, except Roman, Roman Yossi. Yossi. <laughs> so, I mean, you have to feel good if you're Roman Yossi. But you also have to look at your teammates like, ugh, like, yikes, together, That's hard guys. to hear. When your general manager – I mean, imagine you going into your work tomorrow – And, you know, the general manager of your company has everybody there and they literally looks out and he he blames every single one of you for for a firing that just happened. That's pretty heavy. Yeah. And if that team can't find a way to come together after that, then maybe we'll see that there there are deeper rooted problems. But right now, I feel like this is the perfect opportunity for a team to come together and say, you know what, we have to be a cohesive unit. We just got called out mm-hmm. saying this you are partially to blame. He didn't take all I mean, he took some of the blame. Sure. David Boyle did. But he also says, you know, you're the ones out there on the ice. You've got to show up. Mm-hmm. And I mean I think that I think that the guys you could almost hear in some of their voices that they're almost tired of saying, you know, we've we've got we've got more games. We've got enough time. We've got enough time because eventually you're not going to have enough time. Avengers you're not going to have yeah. So <laughs> Eventually, you're not going to have half a season. You're going to have two weeks, and then at that point, it's already it's already almost too late. Then so it's golf season. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, you can almost hear the frustration in their voice, and I think that at this point, you almost want to hear that, because you want to know that they're taking this serious, and that, you know, a lot of talk is going on about people just saying, oh, are they just getting really, really comfortable with their contracts, and they're just
5: hmm. fine,
1: you know? And, and, and I don't know. None of us know if that's right. the case with each individual player, but... At some point, you know, you have to start. You have to start asking those questions to them, because we're not seeing it on the ice right it's now. It's
0: kind to play some ticked off hockey, too. Yeah, some ticked off hockey. Okay, so now up next in the next segment, we're going to talk about some of the changes that John Hines will probably want to implement, and we'll discuss that. But I'm going to give an opportunity here, folks, if you want to call in and give us a a good opinion on things, 615-737-1025. 615 737 we one two five. We're open the phone lines for the first time in a long time so that one, what? one dude in Mount Julia that to say, you know, never take calls. What qual- <laughs> what qualifies
1: as a good opinion in Justin Bradford world?
0: <laughs> one that doesn't make me make fun of you. Uh, <laughs> all right, so give us a call. We'll have more up next. Penalty Box Radio, ESPN, 1025 The Game. driving around your neighborhood right now turn it down <laughs>
1: <laughs> never turn KOD down. oh you got twice in the, one the night look wow. that I got from
0: Glenn, what
1: twice pe- in one people night people driving
0: through my neighborhood at like 1 a.m. with their bass thumping
1: but also it's 8 33 p.m. so it's, i think they're fine
0: it's time for bed i'm so i tired.
1: should be saying this How are, I, I don't even understand i'm like no <laughs>
0: What Justin world Bradford, are we living Glenn in? Glenn Blackwell, Daniel Danetta, Peyton Turnage, producer Calvin behind the glass, Penalty Box Radio. So this segment we're going to talk some of the things that John Hines will probably want to improve upon. There we go. A lot. All right. So Last night's game. Last <laughs> night's game. Let's go to the phone lines. We have Doug from the borough on uh, players who need to improve. Doug, what you got?
6: Hey, guys. Um, well, obviously the coach has mentioned, or not coach, but Hoyle. Uh, <laughs> Called out everybody except up I'm getting my stuff together here. That's why y'all are the professionals and I'm not. So, uh, anyway, what comes to mind, though, watching this team since its beginning and watching these guys for the last couple of years, uh, Joe Hanson just, it, you know, we've always wanted to see him shoot more. I don't know. And, and that's not really the gist of things. It just, he it just does not seem to show up to me. And it just drives me nuts because all the talent he has, such a big body out there on the ice, things that he should be doing and he does not do. And um, additionally, and I love this guy, everybody does, but Harvey, I don't know what's up with him this year. You know, I don't know what's up with the whole team this year, honestly. But um, it just doesn't seem like the same guy. And the embellishment junk, it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's coming back to haunt him and going to haunt the team because – you know, we all know he spends his butts on the ice as much as it's on the skate. <laughs> uh, but that's just – I've always chalked that up. Just That's his style of play. He's just, you know, a little go-getter out there causing problems for everybody, and he's on top of everything. But th- this year it's just not the same.
0: Yeah, no, Doug, you make some really good points uh, right there, especially Ryan Johansson. It's a little frustrating at times to, to watch him uh, because – he has so much talent and the ability right there, too. I mean, he 64-point season last season, which pretty darn good is a second-best season production-wise. But you know there's still more. There's another level to Ryan Johansson. I think we started seeing him in the playoffs but right before he got injured mm-hmm. uh, as well. And so this year, too, nine goals, 17 assists for him. So 26 points in 42 games. Not awful by any means, but there's still more. And you know there's another level to him than Victor Arvidsson yeah, the two games in a row getting called uh, mm-hmm. for the embellishment right there. And folks, I I, I know it's tough to take off the gold colored glasses, but RV's selling it. He he really he really has. I mean the Brad Marchand thing. If he wouldn't have flopped over, he might have drawn something and not have to sit, and they could have had a power play. Mm-hmm. But he even smirked a little bit. I think when he went down. I mean you can say no no no. I mean you got him in this part that's really weak, and you know not as much padding necessarily there too, but. There was a little slight jab. And so it's one of those things that rv has got to stop doing that because he's going to earn a bad reputation. And it's going to make him get called on it even more, even when it's not, when you keep acting like yeah. that. And so maybe it all goes back to the, the hit that he took where he had to suffer the injury where he just hasn't been the same. And maybe he's not, still not fully well yet either. So that could be frustrating for him because, I mean, he has 18 points in 30 games and he could be streaky at times as well. But we're not seeing him do as much of the RV hop in front of the net, mm-hmm. uh, driving straight to it The the not give any, not give a, mm, about just slap-shotting it when yeah, he's driving yeah. in, those little things like that, too. So you're hopefully you, you see some of these things improve for, for both those players and more. I mean, and more, yeah. Too. I mean,
1: you want to see more out of Forsberg. You want to see a little bit more out of Matt Duchesne. We're all still kind of waiting to see that next level that we know that he's capable of. Mikael Granlund. we're just wanting to see right. a lot more from a lot of different players, which is why I think that clearly – There was a change necessary, whether you think it should have happened now or at the end of the season. But something does have to change. And this is the perfect opportunity for all of these players to take their game to the next level.
0: Yeah, and so we'll see that as well because, again, every player got called out. So, Doug, you brought up a very good point. So thank you for your calling in and really appreciate that because, yeah, it's fine to expect more from these players because the talent is there and you can see it. Uh, and it's not silly calling Johansson lazy. It's, I think, sometimes the motivation to get involved in the play at, at times, and that's something that's subconscious as much as any other time yeah. uh, as well.
1: And this is a result of you know when, when Peter Laviolette came in and did take this team to a different level. Once you've reached that level, that expectation is there. Prior to Peter Laviolette coming to Nashville, that expectation was not there. So now that you've started to see a lot of this core show who they really are and show the type of player that they are when they don't perform up to expectation and also when they don't perform up to what you know they're capable of, a lot of eyes are on you. And I mean, that's that's what people come to expect now.
0: Yep. So now we're going to see a lot. John Hines obviously took a lot of notes last night. Here's some of the things. Some of the things that he wanted to note on that he would like to see improvements on.
4: I mean, you're coming into a good team. You're coming to a team that that, that, that was well coached. Uh, there's just there's certain things that are that are different between coaches, and I think sometimes when, when players go through the situation that they've gone through, uh, some of it's not all tactics. Some of it is mentality, and some of it is identity, and some of it is um, you know having guys. Uh, believe more in certain things or, or or believe in themselves and it's not there are going to be tactical things that you're going to do and and anytime you teach people you can't overwhelm them. so it's got to be very specific things that they can work on things that are essential that you know we feel are, are going to be better and then we just keep building and building but the most important thing uh, i think is is the mentality uh, how we play for each other and i think the camaraderie in the room and then just building building their belief you know into being very consistent, and that's uh, I think that'll come over time. There's a couple things uh, tactically we can do. There's um, you know, I think some of the things uh, defensively we can do a little bit better job in the, in the D zone of trying to end more plays and and um, just cer- certain little little positional um, tweaks that are little nuances that's not a, it's not a system overhaul at all. Uh, I think that's one of them. Some things in the offensive zone we can do, you know, our we have a Big, strong team. Guys that are uh, talented with the puck, I think, managing the puck better, being harder on the puck, uh, spending more time in the offensive zone, and not just spending time there, but how can we become more threatening uh, on the inside of the ice? Anything else? Thanks, everyone. Right, have a good night. Right. Tomorrow. Right, see you guys.
0: All right. So, John Hines touching on a lot of things uh, there as well about what he wants to work on. And here's the thing he's saying a lot of the right things. He noticed it. And so now it's implementing all these different little things. And you could tell based on his history with developing mm-hmm. is that you kind got to do it little at a time, little Which at I, you can't just yeah. do everything And all I appreciate
1: at once. that approach because right. it can be overwhelming, especially in the middle of the season. People start to get a little bit frantic and frazzled right. when you start throwing <laughs> a bunch of different things at them. And so it's nice that he is saying he wants to be very, it sounds like to me he wants to be very intentional with his approach sure. and he wants to be very specific. And so whatever those specifics pan out to be, great because you know it's going to be less overwhelming than just coming in and just trying to have a system overhaul because that's not possible right now
0: right and then again the boston moms having a grand old time they
7: were having a blast
0: <laughs> there okay we have steve from nashville want to talk about lavi steve welcome to the show
7: hey thanks guys for having me I appreciate your show mm-hmm. love what you guys do i want to actually comment a little bit more about the situation with coach lavi first off i want to say what a fantastic job i think he's done um you know uh just in the few seasons he's been here, um, completely elevated the franchise. Whatever it was, maybe he added a little bit more spice to the mix, but whatever it was, uh, we saw, uh, consistent winning seasons. We saw playoff victories. We saw President's Cups. As you mentioned, we saw the banners. Um, you know, I, I, I have to question, you know, Peter came in with the Stanley Cup. Barry Trotsky leaves with the Stanley Cup. The one thing consistent with the Preds, um, I'm going to use the term losing, uh, lightly in a sense, but, but really there's no cup. There's no wins. Um, I think we've got to look at David Poyle. I mean, when is the question going to come that maybe it's time after 20 some years that somebody with no Stanley Cups who's now fired two um, Stanley Cup championship uh, coaches, uh, when is it time for him to step down? Is this his last season? Do we have two more years of this? Um, when can the organization move on?
0: All right. So, hey, Steve. St- yeah, Steve, thanks for your call. You know, I. Got a little bit heated there. <laughs> Steve, Steve started feeling it uh, near the end there. And and I'll say this. I mean, obviously, David Poyle, he's not getting any younger. I mean, but we know that. He's getting he's getting closer and closer to that age where he's going to want to hand over the reins to someone else, probably someone that is already part of this organization that continued to promote and everything as well. So you know this, I don't want to say last-ditch efforts, but it's getting to that point where he's trying to do whatever he can to win because they know the window, I don't want to say it's fully going to close because I think the window mean Open, but not mm-hmm. as wide as it has been the past few years because you're going to have to have that changeover in goal. You're going to have some contract expiring. Forsberg and Ekholm each only have two years left on their contract. Yep. So it's not saying that it's immediate, but it's immediate. You, you've got to try to win now with this roster that way it is before you have to make some personnel changes because of the gap, because yeah. of all these different kinds of things. So I think the pressure is on. The pressure is being felt all over. And th- on this team. Yep.
1: And I think that David Poyle felt that and I think that if you look back at his history as well, like I mentioned, I think I talked about this last week, he's always been very calculated and methodical and slow to move um, on decisions. And sometimes that's frustrated people. But I think that it's always been for the better interest of the organization. And if you look at it now, you know, granted, he might have had this going on in his mind and behind the scenes for a month or so or a couple of weeks, but we all kind of just heard about it. And it seems so sudden and it seems so rushed which is not typical David Poyle. Right. So it could be that, you know, everybody, like you said, is feeling pressure from all different angles, and he's saying, I have to do this now. I, I, I can't wait until the end of the season, because then it's we might not have made the playoffs, and right. I've gone another season without even, you know, possibly going to the Stanley Cup Finals. So... It's a very interesting point, Steve. Thanks for calling.
0: Yeah, thanks for calling, Steve. Okay, up next, we have lots of questions to answer. All these different things, talking about this team, future, everything like that. Penalty Box Radio, ESPN, 1025 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The game: Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, Danielle Danana, Payne Turnage, producer Calvin behind the glass as always, mm-hmm. ready to. I could go.
1: I could go for a whole show with just Calvin jams.
0: I know how to bring the heat. Could anybody in here name that song? By the way, what do you think? I
3: don't da have baby. that one, Calvin. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Baby. New- <laughs>
0: Grove Street Party, Waka Flocka Flame—the anthem to my oh, eighth-grade year okay. in nice high school. Energy, the anthem to his eighth-grade year. <sighs> I'm it might have been, it could have been 7th grade, too. I'm about to Google what was year it, that came Was out. it in the 20 teens when you were in 8th grade? Yes. Oh, sweet there Lord. There we go. <laughs>
1: Cut him off. Cut his <laughs> mic off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, let's go ahead and discuss some questions here. I want to make sure we get Peyton and uh, Danielle involved here. So, Jay asks, the thing you'll miss most about Laviolette." Peyton, I want to start with you. Poor play. Oh, my God. <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're just going to miss imitating him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is there anything you'll actually miss? <laughs> I mean, timing is everything. It was sure. time. Um, yeah. you know, I did have a lot of confidence though with him behind the bench. He was a strong voice. Uh there's no doubt about that, but I mean, overall I'll just I'll just plain out miss him, but It's just time. Time, yeah. Danielle?
2: I agree, it is time. Um, First off, I'm going to miss the gum-chomping. That always entertained me (laughs) at the 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 games on TV. (laughs) I just don't understand it, but I will miss that. And all seriousness, I will miss what he did for the city. He played such a key part in the organization in the last few years that it is hard to let somebody like that go. But like Peyton said, it is time for change, and I'm very excited to see how Hines picks up that momentum that he left off.
0: Glenn?
1: Yeah. And I think that I can kind of go with both of what y'all said, especially the Gump. That was always just something to look for, you know? Um, But I love what he brought to the city. I love how he made the city feel. I love how he brought the city together. Um, And you just, you can't discount somebody that comes into your city and brings it to life like it did. I mean, Nashville was great before, but it went to a different level. And I think for me, um, I agree with you, Peyton. I had a confidence in him when he was here. And I think that stemmed not only from the style of play and the production that we got out of the team. But when he first came, he was one of the people that as soon as I knew Trots was out that I wanted in Nashville. And this situation is a little bit different. Um, I didn't really have time to want anyone else. And then when someone else is brought in, it's just a gamble. I do not know. And I don't have a feeling on this one way or the other. So it's just kind of like we're all in limbo. Like, well, We'll see. And, you know, that I'm sure that we'll begin to have that confidence with Hines as well. But I do miss the confidence that I had with him. I'm going to miss that the most.
0: Okay, Julie asks, I heard the Preds will bring in a former Preds player as assistant coach. Is that true? If so, who will it be? And what will his role be? So not a former Preds player, but they are promoting someone from within. Rob Scuderi. Was brought in last. Was brought in as a defensive development coach, and he has been promoted to interim assistant coach. Rob Scuderi. For those of you who do not know, he is a two-time Stanley Cup champion with the Penguins and the Kings in '09 and 2012. So he's been kind of solid. If and there's so- anybody who knows about defense, that would definitely be him. Yes, because he, he played defense <laughs> here we go uh, david asked do you think there will be players whose role in having a concern of certainty of his job with heinz coaching style being implemented and applied to this team before the trade deadline. I think there's a bunch of players that should feel like they're kind of on the hot seat themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been doing better here of late, and Craig Smith has been heating up, but he's a non restricted free agent coming up, and he's one of those guys that could be trade bait. Mikhail Gladlin could be another one as well because he hasn't really fit as well in here, in the this, in this system mm-hmm. that has been played. He obviously still has plenty of talent. Yeah. Peyton's laughing at me because of how I said it. But I also think that those are two I names. Kind of, I was kind of burpy there. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. At least he isn't honest. I
1: think those are two names that Elliot Friedman has kind of thrown around over the last absolutely. few weeks of just the possibility of. Right. Um, so, and especially after hearing Poyle talk yesterday, I think a lot of people might feel the heat.
3: Let's give it a little bit of time, though. Let's not sure. start thinking trades. Let's give it yeah. maybe six, seven, eight games, and then we'll really know. No, mm. oh, Absolutely. So let's look at
0: this now as well. Do you? Th- this is from Johnny. Do you think after last night's performance, Yakov Trenin can be this year's version of Rocco Grimaldi and endear himself to the fan base, Danielle?
2: I do. I mean, how do you you have a guy who's new to the NHL go up against Zadino Chara? I'm sorry. I can't say that name, Justin. Don't hop on me for that. I know you will. <laughs> just say Chara. That's just fine. Just say Chara. Chara. There Everybody you go. knows. But that, honestly, he earned a lot of my respect for that. And he is a very good player. He's adapted very well to the NHL coming up. And I think that he's won the hearts of a lot of fans already. But I highly doubt that he'll stay with the organization throughout the entire season. He'll probably be sent back down. But he has won hearts already.
3: Pain. I described him last night as a better version of Miko Salamaki. Kind of a guy that was brought in, billed as a skilled guy that came in as a rugged, tough guy. And tough as nails stood in hard against Char. By the way, Justin, he's a Slovak, but that's okay. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, Woo! looking at this as well with Trenin, as what I like about
0: him is I think he's going to be eventually the perfect third-line player because he's built like a tank. He'll drive to the net, which is what's really important for this team is they drive to the net, be a big body, hard to move around, but also willing to throw the body. But that's what today's NHL needs is a guy that's a, a power forward type of thing. You can't have a true enforcer as well. So for all of you out there, like, why don't the Preds have an enforcer? You can go out there and fight. You do not waste a roster spot and someone's going to play two and a half to three minutes in the game. That is dumb. That is so stupid and ridiculous that you want to waste a roster spot and someone's just going to drop the gloves. No, you get someone that can drop the gloves and score – and put up an assist every once in a while, and drive to the net. Okay, you, you don't waste a spot on something like that anymore. Not not nowadays because it's so important that all players that you dress out there have to be able to contribute in some form of fashion. Hey, Justin. Hey, what? real quick question about the enforcer thing. What led to that change in the NFL, where inf- or in the NHL? Excuse me. <laughs> already of football in the <laughs> NHL, where enforcers aren't really that common anymore in the same capacity beyond just like what we know about head trauma today. Sure. No, that's a really good question, kind of leads out to it, especially I know there's a lot of newer fans that are following the game since the Predators have been so successful, and one of those things is just the game naturally evolving. The game's naturally evolved into something that is more based on speed and skill. And when you have something like that, you can't have a guy that's slow out there taking up a spot that's just going to get breezed by by a skilled player. That's why it's led to more power forwards that can skate, that can hang with guys, that can also be a bruiser, but they're also going to contribute. I look at a guy, for instance, like Tom Wilson without being a D-bag. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's he's a guy that can score really, really well, but he's also going to lay a, a hit, but he plays dirty. If it, without the dirty part, that's kind of like the perfect type of power forward out there as well. But that's why you don't have the true enforcer because you, the, teams aren't going to spend so much money on guys that only hit, that only do this. They need to have guys that can produce and do so many other things because of the speed and the skill in the game. It also comes to the head trauma thing, and that's the whole thing with fighting as well. You get to that whole thing, do you need to outlaw it or not? Well, no, it's kind of outlawing itself because you're getting rid of that true enforcer. That's why that Watson immediately dropping the gloves thing was so rare and unique that it never happens anymore for them to just drop the gloves at the start of the game because they basically as players outlawed it themselves as the way they govern the game because you don't have players that like to do that anymore so it's very unique so it's been a natural progression into just outlawing it itself because they need to focus more on the speed and the skill of the game partially analytically driven as well i'd guess oh, just from the nature of needing to score points rather than yeah, fight yeah of course of course i mean some coaches still have that mindset of what's well, going to amp the team up and so Sometimes you'll see it that maybe you can't directly always correlate it to that. Yes, maybe the team gets an extra boost mentally that they focus, but it also changes the momentum, and it's hard to judge momentum out there. But yeah, based on the stats and the analytics, you're not going to put a guy out there that's not going that scores one goal every thirty games and give him twelve minutes on the ice. That's just that's a waste of a roster spot.
1: Yeah, I, and I mean somebody that goes to the net and uses their body the way that he's showing us yes, he does is somebody that. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I would have envisioned someone like that is not scared to go use their body in a sense of like he did with Zidane Charo, trying to get that momentum um, and just obviously he was frustrated. So let him do what he's going to do. But he's also somebody that is using his body in other ways and go into those areas that not a lot of people want to go to. So I like him so far. I like what I'm
0: seeing. And I like the role that he's being given as well, Mm Daniel.
1: He
2: shows a certain maturity that you don't see in a lot of young guys. You look at players like Austin Watson, who has the opportunity opportunity to go for the puck, but he'll take a hit instead. And he's been in the league way longer than Jakob Chernin, but Chernin has that certain maturity and the ability to control the puck, go into the zone, keep control of his body, and make smart plays to set up for the rest of the offense instead of wasting a play, going after a body, not the puck. And that's something that's very rare in young players.
3: Now the question becomes, because there was a player here in Nashville for several years that we all loved, Patrick Cornquist. does Trenton become that guy that stands in front of the net and drives goalies crazy on the power play? I hope so. I mean, that could be a great <laughs> opportunity for him as well, because he has goal. that hard-to-move body. Mm-hmm. And luckily for Trenton, he's healthy, because he had
0: that little bit of trouble staying healthy for the first couple years of his career, and so he's still young and has an opportunity too. but I'm, I'm glad to see he's getting an opportunity to play with the Predators and to show what he's what he's capable of, so a lot more people are getting more high on Trenton and what he's been able to provide. Okay, we talked a lot. We talked about the coaching change. We talked about player personnel, guys that could be on the move, things like that. If you missed any of it, penaltyboxradio.com. Big thanks to producer Calvin Behind the Glass, and thank you to Peyton and Danielle for coming in. And for Glenn Blacklist, this is Justin Bradford. Thanks for listening to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game.